Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy. And I'm Taylor Rowe. Uh, Today was another installment of our best-in-class series where we dive into key characteristics of top-performing organizations and and what makes them tick. Um, We dove into uh, kind of a second part of our sales uh, portion of best-in-class series. So we talked about uh, sales organizations, tools, technologies that they use, um, processes that they use, reports and metrics that they're able to capture and measure, um, and what best-in-class organizations are doing from a coaching and training perspective to make sure that their reps are always performing at a, a high level. Uh, let's dive into the episode. Please give us a like, subscribe to the podcast, uh, and let's go. All right, welcome back. Um, we have another installment of our best in class, uh, best in class series today for you. Uh, and today we're continuing on uh, sales. So we're going to dive into a couple of different um, characteristics of best in class sales organizations. Uh, we're going to start with uh, technology, uh, and then we're going to get into um, you know some of the the different tools that their you know best in class organizations are using, what they're doing from a reporting perspective. Uh, and what best-in-class organizations, uh, sales organizations, are doing from a training and coaching perspective. So, uh, let's start things off, Sam, with with technology. When you think about sales technology, obviously CRM uh, is is the biggest one. So, uh, what does a, a best-in-class sales organization CRM look like? Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing you need to keep in mind is not necessarily the actual the brand that you would choose. Um, but is it is it the could you say this is the single source of truth, right? Can everything that around the customers that you're going after, the the prospects and the customers and their life cycle stages and where they may be in the the purchase journey, uh, what what are some of the the next steps to to get that uh, customer moved to the the decision making stage? Uh, is that all um, can be found in that uh, single source of truth? So I would say the number one thing to to keep in mind is you have to make it. Uh, you have to choose a platform that's going to be appropriate for your specific industry and application or use case, and that it it would become the go to source for everything that you need to know about your customers and your prospects. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know another piece of that right is. Um, you know, we don't have tools just for the sake of having tools. Like you said, you have access to all the data. The data is accurate. The data is clean. Um, but at the end of the day, you need uh, adoption, right? For if we talk about a best-in-class sales organization, it's not that they have a CRM or, as you said, they have top-of-the-line CRM tools, you know, HubSpot or Salesforce or something like that. It's are they using it, and is that technology an enabler um, and not necessarily an obstacle or forcing them to do? Uh, double entry, right? So, like, is that is that automating business processes? Is it uh, illuminating gaps in, in sales processes? Is it helping you prioritize leads? Um, is it helping you segment those leads? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you should be able to look at an increase in productivity and production from you know the sales rep by implementing a, a CRM, right? So, I would say, if we were to sum that up, right, the best in class CRM. You know, is you know turns a one person you know quota into you know two you know one one point five or two two times quota right whatever that number is um, because of the the as you said single source of truth capability but at the end of the day it it provides 
the right insights and actions to enable those reps. Yeah, I think what you mentioned is pretty critical, like enable or not an obstacle, because a lot of times we've seen if you're making the life of the rep difficult and it only becomes an obstacle for them to actually use it, right? And if you're, everything has to be manually done. So if they're making a call or sending an email or uh, having to remember to, to take a note uh, about a conversation they had, if they're having to do all of those things manually, it's a lot difficult to do. But if you have a solution that actually helps them automate some of those things without them having to think about it, um, it, it actually, uh, the adoption is going to be a lot simpler. And I think when we get to, maybe we can talk a little bit more about some use cases of how we use it and how we've seen some of our own clients who are in the best in class, uh, in the, you know, in the, the, we would consider them as best in class companies, how they're leveraging it, right? So in the past, everything had to be manually entered. Uh, so if you're sending an email to a prospect, you couldn't have tracked it directly into a CRM where you can actually see that conversation history and thread. So rep would have to say, I send an email, here's the copy of it. But there are technology that's available today that can actually sync with your email uh, email uh, provider or engine and then obviously be tracking that entire conversation history right into your CRM so you can see that. And so if in, in the future some other rep had to step in and cover that territory or that account, they can also see the transac you know, transactional conversations or any sort of in, uh, interactions that the customer had with our organization. So yeah. that would be just a simple, simple use case of how you can empower your rep and not create more more tasks to, to do like then i would say non-revenue generating activities right yeah and cross-departmental as well i mean you know if, if you're you have a service ticket or multiple you know you have multiple reps selling into uh you know one big account working multiple angles multiple you know prospects contacts whatever that may be all those sorts of things right uh, like you mentioned you want that that full funnel visibility um across departments um not just so if a rep leaves or is you know out sick someone can replace you know do their job right but so that that rep can then see the, the full picture of what's going on yeah and i think one of the other thing we've also seen implemented and we even use it in our in our own organization so if we're making calls into those accounts or if you're having uh, conference calls, whether through Zoom or any other video conferencing tools, leveraging uh, uh, integrations to your CRM that can actually also capture those call uh, conversations, uh, append that uh, against the contact in the company record, and maybe even have uh, transcriptions and also the recordings of it, right, show up right in that company's uh, contact or company record. So you don't have to manually enter, oh, I had a sales call with this person, here's all the things that uh, we talked about that also getting added and uh, stored in it. So CRM has to become that single source of truth and bring any and every other interactions that are maybe happening outside of those. Uh, the tool itself is also getting stored into to CRM. Yeah. So, you know, obviously getting the insights uh, into what's happening, all the interactions, behavioral characteristics, that's one thing. The next step is then the ability to segment uh, and then act upon uh, the ability to prior prioritize those leads and activities, right? So how are best-in-class organizations prioritizing leads and using, um, you know, uh, organizing their day, I would say, in terms of tasks and, and task queues in order to uh, execute the highest priority activities? Yeah, I mean, this would also comes down to the organization's uh, overall objectives and what they're trying to go after, right? So there are organizations that may be just organizing their um, their territories based on maybe target accounts or based on specific industries some certain reps are going after. Uh, there are organizations that primarily 
generate most of their leads through inbound, so they're being funneled uh, opportunities and conversations uh, and feeding to our reps. All of those things will kind of determine how do you prioritize and segment your contacts. But as an organization, if you are doing um, mostly generating inbound leads, and if you're getting those leads coming to you and you're assigning those leads based on some sort of a criteria that's established and documented, then you need to know, hey, are these conversations or the leads that I'm being handed on, uh, handed to, right? Are they uh, engaged with our marketing activities, uh, whatever the marketing efforts? And then also, are they uh, engaging with my own sales activities, whether I'm sending emails or making calls and uh, leaving messages? Are they engaging on all those things? And then if so, using some sort of a behavioral metrics to to prioritize those leads based on whoever might be the most likely to 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 want to move forward. So that would be a simple thing that I would say uh, one way you can prioritize it. I mean, there's so many other criteria that you can use, you know, company size, revenue, the product or service that they're interested in, uh, and then whether or not they submitted a form that's more like a request or quote or uh, schedule a sales conversations versus someone who may have just uh, looked at some sort of a content assets or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that need to be considered when you're thinking of prioritizing uh, a contact or a, a, a prospect. Sure. Okay. Um, so we have the, the data, right? We have, okay, it's a single source of truth. We have the ability to segment the data. We, you know, the data is clean, data is organized, and we're acting upon that data. So what other um, you know, facets or functionalities of a best-in-class CRM um, you know, make that a best-in-class? Uh, I mean, I think we touched on like data visualization. Um, I think, like we said, like the, in, in terms of like um, function, are you referring to like the functionality side or you're just looking at? Yeah, I just mean, yeah, once we get into, okay, so we have the data, you know, how do we move into uh, enabling our, our sales reps? What other tools are they are they using? Um, you know, automation, those type of things. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if you are especially um, in a high volume sort of a sales scenario and you're having a lot of, um, writing or sending similar type of messages, you know, giving them tools that actually can create se- templates and sequences, or even uh, sales plays, uh, playbooks, right inside the CRM, so they're having they don't have to leave the platform to go find a Google Doc to find whatever um, what they need to do next in that sales conversation. Right. So if you're giving those sort of tools, uh, whether it be built right into your CRM or accessible right inside the CRM, that could actually make the life of that rep a lot easier. Um, I think we kind of touched on possibly call recording and transcribing the call being one of those things where not having to manually write what the conversation history was and taking action items based off of that conversation. If those could be simplified or automated right inside the CRM, that also make the reps uh, extremely proficient and uh, efficient. That's what best-in-class companies should be thinking about implementing. Yeah, and I want to add to that, you know, I think automation is is big and obviously almost all CRMs have some sort of automation, whether it's, you know, prospecting or once they're in the funnel. Um, and I think automation should be used to um, build consistency and outputs and not necessarily uh, remove the personalization, right? So what I mean by that is like, it's not necessarily like, okay, we have this automation so we can just send out a thousand prospect emails and, you know, nothing is customized, nothing, you know, and then once somebody's in the funnel, they get all these automated, you know, emails. That's not what I mean by automation. It's like, we just talked about, you have all this data, let's build some consistency and activity and outputs from all of our reps so that every time I move a deal into this stage, A, B, and C happens, right? And every time before I can, you know, move on to this next type of call, I need to have X, Y, and Z information. Um, Every time, 
you know, I want to uh, move to agreement sent or follow up or something like that. Uh, these tasks are added to my, you know, high priority task queue, whatever that may be. It's it's automation to enable the rep, help them close more deals, uh, and yes, yeah, save time on menial tasks that that doesn't make a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, it helps them close more, um, and it creates consistency and output to not say, well, we have this one rep who you know. Josh, who closes, uh, you know, at 20 times the rest of the reps, and we don't know why, right? You should be able to have consistency in terms of what information, what kind of conversations they're having, like you said, in terms of playbooks at each stage, um, input in terms of data that is required to move to the next stage would tell me that, hey, everyone's asking the same questions uh, through the discovery period, um, follow up frequency based on the tasks and email automation. So everything should be consistent across your organization uh, because what that's going to do is not to say that, you know, our reps are robots, but that's going to start giving us actual data that we can act on and we can say, okay, here's the problem in our sales process. Here's where we can improve on. Here's what certain reps can improve on. If everyone's just doing their, their own thing and we see this at a lot of organizations when they're trying to implement technology, all the reps have different process. They store data in different places. Um, they take notes differently. They meet with the clients differently, different frequencies. Um, they conduct, you know, intro or discovery calls differently. So there's no consistency in activity or, or output. And then that outcome is, you know, all over the place. And so there's no way to, like you said, to coach your reps or to train them or to improve the process because there really is no process. Yeah, I mean, as human beings, we we have a you know hard time <laughs> being consistent personally ourselves, right? Like, so if there are multiple people, they're all doing you know different ways of things. Like, it's going to make it even more difficult. So, yeah, having some some functionality within the CRM that enables our reps to be consistent, I think that's super critical for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so let's get into um, you know prospecting, right? So prospecting is a big piece of. A lot of sales organizations and certainly best in class organizations are, as we talked about in some of the marketing segments, generating uh, a majority of their new business from inbound marketing sourced leads. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you can never stop prospecting, never stop selling, right? And every every sales coach, every sales trainer will, will tell you the same thing that you should always be prospecting, right? So from a prospecting perspective, what are best-in-class organizations doing inside their CRM? What tools do they have access to? What data do they have access to? Yeah, I mean, I think if, if, it is, if the CRM already has a component that can enable, like you said, right, some automation for uh, whether it be pro prospecting function or just, uh, just regular sales activities, uh, maybe leveraging that. If not, certainly having some sort of a third-party tool that can give them a cadence that they follow. Uh, going back to your point of consistency, I think the number one problem in a, you know with any rep that's doing prospecting is it's not a consistent thing that they do, right? They don't wake up every morning and saying, I'm going to prospect into 25 account every morning. But if you have a uh, sales enablement tool that is specifically designed for a prospect uh, prospecting function, and it can actually talk to your CRM and can give that rep a, some sort of a standardized cadence that they follow, whether it be a five-touch, seven-touch uh, sequence or whatnot to stay in front of the prospect that they're going after that will that will actually help in terms of figuring out what is the bottleneck is it just a consistency of output or is it a the targeting is it the messaging is it the offer is it the call to action what could be the reason why we're not getting the results that we want or why are we getting the success we have and where can we 
point that to you, right? And then and then leveraging that uh, to improve the organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think the the data piece of that, right, is um, you know like we talked about earlier, is like there's implicit and, and explicit data, right? So we should have, as a best-in-class organization, we should have access to data of all of these prospects. If they have any interaction with our organization in the past, if they're on our website, if they're downloading eBooks, attending webinars, if we've you know had an open sales conversation with them in the past, like that's kind of basic stuff. But we should also have some data, you know, enrichment and data enhancement, right? So um, we're adding additional information around the company size, revenue, um, you know, key employees, all those type of things. Uh, particularly if it, if it's a, you know, you know, quote unquote cold outreach, right? If we're doing true prospecting into accounts that we've never had interactions in the past, um, this shouldn't be something that is done, you know, completely manual by the rep of sourcing the leads, filtering them by, you know, the ICPs, finding the right, you know, contact and decision maker, getting their account information, you know, best in class organizations are integrated with tools like, you know, zoom info and, um, you know, these type of tools that give you all of that information and have some sort of a process in place to consistently, you know, get batches of those leads that they're going after. Um, you know, if you're prospecting into a certain industry, we should have consistency in terms of that messaging, uh, which means we need to have, we need to reach out to a lot of similar people, right? Not necessarily, completely all over the board when we're prospecting. So that ability to collect that data, enhance that data um, on a consistent basis is is really, I think, what changes a lot of organizations when they're talking about an outreach and prospecting campaign, uh, you know, to become really truly best in class. Yeah, and again, I think any sort of tools that actually makes the reps more efficient, right? Like you said, you know, sometimes they go you know, chasing down, trying to go find out what industry are they in, how many employees they have, or even trying to guess the email addresses or any of those things, or trying to go scrape the web to go find a phone number for the company. We shouldn't have to uh, allow, you know, we shouldn't have to have our reps waste their, you know, valuable time to do that. They should be spending their time in front of the prospect, having more sales conversation as opposed to doing non-revenue generating activities. So any enabler, uh, sales enablement tool that provides that data and insights, uh, preferably right inside the CRM that they're functioning, you know, working in, that I think would make uh, that organization as a whole best in class. All right. So if you were if you were building a a sales team, a sales department from the ground up, uh, and you had all the resources you know in the world, and you had all the you had the tools, the technology, everything that we've talked about, and you had you know A players in terms of reps, um, what would your your dashboard look like as a sales leader? What would the reporting look like? Uh, what metrics are important to you? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the reporting dashboard need to have um, basically kind of break it up into two core um, categories. Uh, I think certainly activities, activities does not equal to outcome, but activities does uh, lead to outcome, right? So you certainly need to have some sort of a leading indicators that perform, you know, shows all the activities that reps are doing or the, the, the entire sales department is doing, right? Whether it be the calls and the emails and the conversations, the number of deals being created, uh, the number of touches to an account, all of those are like leading indicators of success, um, right? So you want to have some sort of a dashboard that shows on a department level and preferably also on the on an individual uh, contributor level that shows all their activities. And then also the lag meshes, which is like the number of opportunities closed one and the deals, right? The cash collected. So you, w- you wouldn't want to have that uh, as a dashboard as well that for the whole organization, maybe for the leadership to look at like, hey, how, do, how are we doing as a company? 
Whereas our you know target goals and are we on track to, to reach our revenue targets and whatnot. So those are two main um, uh, ways that I would say I would create a dashboard to, to kind of see the health of the organization from a sales mm -hmm. standpoint. And, and how have you seen best in class organizations use that that dashboard, use that visual you know data feedback um, to coach the reps? Like what is what does that coaching schedule look like uh, at these top tier organizations? Yeah, so if you're if you're if you're hitting your targets and your outcome is there, right, which is a, at the end of the day is the revenue. If that's actually happening, then you're you're on target and you're doing really well. But if that's not being met, then you need to start looking at your leading indicators, which is uh, really comes down to the activities, right? So if you're not booking enough opportunities, then you need to work backwards and say, well, what's actually happening? Are we not having enough quality meetings? If we're not having meetings, then we need to say, well, are we not feeding our prospect our reps with? Uh, quality inbound leads or if they're not getting inbound leads then we need to be asking ourselves well are they doing enough prospecting into the right accounts to create the interest in um, you know interest and demand to have conversation with decision makers right so kind of going backwards to figure out where could be the issue uh, but if you don't have visibility into those things then you're just working in the dark you don't you don't have any idea what could be the the, the actual cause um, for why we're not hitting the targets right and you can't just wake up as a sales uh, leader uh, at the end of a quarter and say well shoot uh, we had a target we're not hitting it oh, how many deals can we close this you know this last three weeks of the uh, the quarter that's just not going to happen uh, every day matters and every little activity that leads to that ultimate outcome matters so you do need to to be monitoring across the board the entire sales organization where where all your reps are activities and then also how it's impacting the the top line goals yeah no, I, I agree with that i think you know the best in class organizations really know their numbers and understand the numbers and like you said know what levers to to push and pull in order to improve each of those metrics right so we're not having enough leads in the funnel. If we're not having enough, you know, not big enough conversion rate from you know point A to point B, if we're not closing enough. Like you, you can kind of know where you need, how many meetings you need in order to hit your number. But at the same time, you need to be intuitive enough and in, in to kind of read between the lines, right? And understand, you know, truly the pulse of you know, what's what is in going on in the sales rep, right? Uh, in the in the sales process so a lot of times you know you look at the close rates and you say okay well, we need a better job of the proposals right but like best in class organizations know that a lot of times that we're not closing because we're not doing a good enough job in the discovery call the intro call of really truly understanding the clients pain pain and you know, decision making factors and who's involved budgets timeline those type of things so um, knowing your numbers, knowing your metrics, but but having you know, I think that is call recording and um, you know consistency and outputs, like we said, in terms of uh, required fields to move along in the process, like those type of things can really help uh, hone in on where in those metrics we need to tweak and we need to improve. Um, and and I agree with like you said, at the end of the day, sales has always been and always will be results oriented. So when you get those reps that are that are crushing it and closing, like you know, not to say they don't need as much coaching, um, but they're they're doing it. They're hitting their numbers, right? So if they don't have some of those leading indicators that we talked about, but they're they're selling, you know, that's sometimes can be overlooked, right? So I think you want to look short term, long term. Obviously, you need to know like you have a full pipeline and all those type of things, and know why those deals are closing. Um, but at the end of the day, if we we're just sum, summing it up, it's like best in class organizations, you know, they, they sell, right? They, they consistently sell, they drive new business. 
uh, and there's no excuses like like we said, whether it's inbound, outbound, we have to have consistency and activities, uh, you know, continually, right, forever, in order for us to to close more business. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, probably the the final piece of that in terms of coaching would be maybe accountability, right? Um, you know, the everyone at the organization needs accountability. We talked about this uh, the way back at the very first installment of this best in class series about creating a culture of accountability. I think it's more prominent in sales because again, everyone is accountable to a number, but everyone within the sales organization is accountable, right? So if you, if you take that kind of extreme ownership uh, level of uh, accountability and you say, if, you know, if I'm a sales leader and you know, we missed the mark. Like I take that as a personal failure. If I'm a sales rep and we didn't close this deal, I take that as a personal failure. If you have that attitude going into it um, and, you know, you're consistently looking for improvement and in, in self-reflecting on the process and what's happening at the end of the day, that's probably more powerful than, than any of the tools and technologies that we've talked about. It's just that desire to, to win and to, to improve. Yeah, I think the the beautiful thing about uh, in today's world we're living in, you know, in the past, maybe there was a lot of emotion involved coaching, right? Like uh, the rep is not producing, so you're kind of under, you know, you're frustrated. Sure. And, and a lot of it is like, hey, you need to just do more activities. But today with the access to, like you said, if you have technology that's actually giving you a lot of visibility into the activity of the reps, or you have uh, call recording and call intelligence t- sort of tools that actually is listening into the calls of the, the reps and then actually saying like, hey, how, what percentage of the time the reps are talking what percentage of the time the prospect is talking and and how many times do we ask really open-ended questions questions versus closed-ended questions and uh, how many pain points were brought up by the prospect that we overlooked uh, in terms of digging deeper. So if you have such insights from the sales conversations, then you can be very, very targeted in your coaching and helping your reps get better in their skill and craft and not just, you know, hey, I feel like you're just not doing enough activity. That's why you're not closing, right? There could be a lot of other um, areas of improvement, um, right? Because like I said, it, it's activity doesn't always equal to outcome, um, but it is a requirement for outcome, but you also need to be figuring out what are some areas where this rep could improve, right? Okay, I think there's the whole concept of willingness versus skill, right? Skill versus, you know, willingness. Somebody might be willing to do the activities, but they just don't have the skills that's needed to do it at a, at a, at a high, you know, excellent level, right? So if they are a pretty junior rep haven't had a lot of uh, experience you know interacting with the senior level uh, prospects and if you're not doing a great job of having equal stature and uh, setting up you know uh, call, call agendas and setting requirements for the prospect to follow through if those things are not being done all right reps could be failing and uh, and you're not doing a great job in coaching that rep to get better every day sure all right well hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode uh hopefully you learned something please give us a like subscribe to the podcast it really helps out uh share it with a friend or a colleague uh and you know give us a comment if you're on on youtube or a platform that allows comments give us a comment on topics for future episodes or any feedback um, that you have on this episode so uh, again we appreciate it and tune in next week for a new episode Growth Marketers is brought to you by One IMS, helping you reach new heights through integrated marketing. One world, one web, one IMS.